Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are joined by Rabbi Shai Graucher, the compiler and author of a number of prominent svarim published by Art Scroll. Rip Shai, thank you for being here from Eretz Yisrael. It's an honor to sit with you and talk with you. I know there's a lot to get to. Thank, thank you. you for being here. Thank you. For so that. some people may know your name, your name from the svarim that you've released. Many other people may know you as the son of Deddy Graucher, a well-known singer. So tell us about your upbringing. I know you grew up in Eretz Yisrael. Talk about that for a moment. So, Baruch Hashem, I lived my whole life in Petah Tikva. I grew up. My English came from my mother. I was going to ask you, because we were talking before. You have an excellent English, especially for a native Israeli. So my mother is coming from Canada. Okay. And we used to speak with her a lot of English. When I was a kid, before I went into the Torah world, I, I, I went every year to camp. I used to be, go to camp, and my English got better there. And Baruch Now Hashem, camp was in Eretz Yisrael? No, the camp in America. Oh, camp in America. Okay. Every year I used to go to camp in America. And Baruch Hashem, I was probably until 15, 16, I wasn't learning so much. But Chesed, always I saw in my house. And Emunas Chachamim. I remember my father, besides all the big concerts and going all over the world and performing and being in stadiums and Hask and all over the world, I remember the times that we used to go to hospitals to sick people with cancer, going to weddings of Yesoimim, Almones, going to Bar Mitzvah of and seeing my father, no matter what, doesn't matter what time, even when he landed from two weeks performance, when he got a phone call that somebody needs, we need to make somebody happy, he left everything. And he used to take the children to see it. And that's how I grew up. And Baruch Hashem, today with all this for him and everything we're doing, I'm trying also to help and do a lot of chesed. Because I think the siyata dishmai, when a person wants to have, even when he's working or doing some stuff, you have to give it to others, and you have to help others. And that's why I saw it. That's why I grew up. So I grew in Petah Tikva. It's not Bnei Brak, Yerushalayim. Today I'm... What, type of, what is the community of Petah Tikva like for those who are not familiar? It's, it's, it's a community. It's more, it's a religious, half-half. Okay. People are not religious. We have some shows there, but there's no, like, Haredi people. It's different than Yerushalayim it's and Bnei Brak. Yeah, it's different. Very, very different. Today... All, all the, all the, let's go back to your father for a moment. All the years... What, what did your father do for a living before he was singing? What was no, he, always, he used to sing. Always? Always singing. Okay. Always singing since he was a very young boy. Always singing all over the world. And you used to travel with him when he used to Sometimes perform? I used to, uh, sometimes he used to come to camp. Oh, okay. to, sing, to sing in camp also. But always, yeah, we used to go. Yeah, big weddings all over the world from Brazil what? to Manchester to Belgium, France. Really? What did it feel like growing up as a son? Your father was... Somewhat of a celebrity. Yeah. What did it feel like for you as a young kid? It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I remember all the big concerts in America. Dad used to sing and scream and yell. I was, I was in the back meeting all the big singers. Uh, it was special. It was nice. But my father always, I saw that there's a shlichus. Mm-hmm. It's not just the parnos. It's not just the business of making money and getting money from the concert. He really felt that he's making people happy. It was like a shlichus. It's a shlichus. I felt the true shlichus mm-hmm. that my father, and that's where we grew up. Also my mother, with her chesed, big marriage counseling today. That's also, your mother though. She's a marriage counselor. Yeah, very, very big all over the world. Also, I feel by my parents that the shlichus, that when Hashem gives you a gift, and it's a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. It's not something, a lot of things you can learn, but it's a gift. And his voice was a gift. My mother's... And, and I saw the pure shlichus. And also this point of emunas chachomim. Mm-hmm. I remember with my father going to tzaddikim when I was a child. You ask a question and you ask it the right way. Sometimes you can come and ask questions to get the right answer. And sometimes it's hard. You say no, you say yes. And that's why I grew. I grew with chesed and emunas chachomim. Now did you possess a musical talent yourself? Did you ever think of going into music no. as a... No, I'm, is, I like to daven as a chazan. Uh-huh. Hallel, 
I like to daven, sing Zmir Shabbos, and I like singing. I like singing. I but enjoy you, it. But you don't, you don't want no. to embark on a career. No. Now, I, I do want to, before we get into your svarim and what you do, I know that it was not long ago that your father wasn't well. He went through a tkufa. Yeah. How is your father feeling now? My father's doing better. Baruch Hashem is recovering. The, it wasn't easy at all. It was very, very, very hard. It's also very, you know, we're not talking about this for him yet, but I remember when he was in a very bad position, like in the ICU, and we didn't know anything. I remember going to Reb Chaim and begging until I didn't hear Reb Chaim tell me that he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave the room. Wow. And I remember we checked his mezuzah, and there was a letter that, that was puzzled. Really? At the mezuzah of the, of the door of the house. So we changed the whole mezuzah. And, and right after we changed it, Baruch Hashem, he woke up. Wow. And since then, we're praying, we're davening. We got phone calls. I got uh, the, the amount of people that came to the hospital and were telling us so much stories. What, your father, I remember him. He helped us. What can we do? Everybody just wanted to... I've heard that also from people in the music business and elsewhere. Everyone loved your father. Loved Very them. beloved figure. But it's not only the big people, it's, it's, it's the small people in the community that my father used to help them. Right. If it's food for Shabbos, if it's a good word, if it's, if it's giving them the right chizuk, and it was amazing. Wow. You know, you don't, Did your you know, father ever think of now going back into music, or is that part of his life in the past? No, his voice is not back uh-huh, yet. Not back to himself. Um, okay. But maybe, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Wow. So back to you for a moment. You said you're 16, 17. What, what happened in your life at that point? So I, my, one of my father's friends uh, took me to Bnei Brak. His son had bar mitzvah. And they used to go to G'doyle Yisrael. So we went to all the G'doylim, Michal Yudel, Lefkovich, Rav Vosner, the Vizhnitzer Rebbe, Rabbi Sorel of Weintraub, all, the, uh, all of them, Rabbi Gershon Edelstein, Rabbi Pavarsky, all the G'doylim. And we went also to Rabbi Chaim. And I was there with my small yarmulke, with my... My shirt wasn't tucked in, my buttons. They told me, fix it. We went into Reb Chaim, and right when I went in the house, I, I felt that something here is, is different. And you were a teenager then, I right? I was a you, teenager. I wasn't learning so much. And Reb Chaim, I got a bracha. I said, bracha v'atzlocha. Then he looked at me. He says, teshevet ilmad, sit and learn. So I said, I didn't learn it. So I said, what? what? So he said, I should write. He told me, tichtov, write. And since then, I went out. I felt very, very, like, warm. Mm-hmm. With a smile, with not talking a lot. Reb Chaim doesn't talk a lot. Right. And I felt something different. I said, uh, you, have to, you have to do a change. You have to take it to a different level. I remember I told my parents. And slowly, slowly, they got me a good chavrusis to start learning. Was that in a yeshiva or privately? Private in the beginning. Uh, rabbi in Petach Tikva that learned with me. And then I went to Yeshiva. They got me the best, best, best Avreichim, Chavruses. And they used to come, my mother, bring me food. And it wasn't easy in the beginning. <laughs> my parents, I became, I started to become like more Haredi. And they weren't used to a hat, a jacket, mm-hmm. all these things. But Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. In the end, um, I can't thank Hashem enough. And where do you live now? Now I live in Arnof in Yerushalayim. Mm-hmm. Baruch Hashem, I have four children. And my wife's from Arnof. My yeshiva used to learn in Arnof for five years. Was, was where? In Arnof. What, what yeshiva is that? Dere Chochmah. I used to learn there. And Baruch Hashem, now I live in... Uh, Who's the yeshiva there? Rabbi Silver mm-hmm. and Ravi Lensky. They were the Rosh Yeshivas. I was, I was there for five years. And then Baruch Hashem, I got married. My wife's from Arnof, her parents from Arnof. And it's the best thing. Amazing. So what do you do now on a day-to-day basis? What are you occupied with? So basically, we're working on the projects from Reb Chaim. Svarim. Svarim. We're always trying to have more ideas. How can we help and, and let the people understand and, and have Reb Chaim Kanievsky in their table mm-hmm. daily? Besides the English, we're working on a lot of Svarim in Hebrew. We just had a huge project of Mishnebura with Reb Chaim Kanievsky's Eoris on the side of the Mishnebura. Mm-hmm. It's a project for a few years that we did. And we are always looking, and Reb Chaim has a lot of letters, more than 170,000 letters that he wrote people all over the years. But I, I think we jumped ahead for a second. Here you are, you're a young boy. 
you go into Reb Chaim, it gives you a bracha, you start learning. How did you end up in a position where you put out now a set of svarim from Reb Chaim on Chumash, on Zmiris, Archis Yoisher, now on Tehillim, which is what we're here to discuss today, is a brand new sefer, Reb Chaim Kanievsky on Tehillim. How did that transition take place? So what happened is basically, when I was in Yeshiva, and I used to get close to Gedolim, Tzadikim, and I was writing already for him. If it was the Chidush Torah that we learned in Yeshiva, if it was Divir Musar on the Parsha, for my wedding I published a book on the whole Parsha, Shirim that I gave in Yeshiva. And then I remember going to the Goen Mivilna's grave, and when I was there the first time, it was something very, very special. And I called, I called somebody, he told me, open the Sagra, and that's what you'll say there. I opened the Gera Sagra and I, I got very touched with the Gera Sagra. And I was working on it a long, a long time. And Baruch Hashem, I told my father, after we published it, and I worked for like four or five years with Gedoyle Yisrael, I want to do it in English also. So my father called Gedalia Zlatowitz, and he told him, my son. So he says, okay, we'll meet. How do your father know Rabbi Zlatowitz? He knew it from a family friend. Okay. They knew each other. So he says, no problem, I'm coming to Eretz Yisrael for one day. Let him come, uh, pick me up from the airport and we'll discuss on the way to Yerushalayim. So I remember picking up Rav Zlatowitz, Rav Gedalia, and then we are in the car and he saw the Sefer and we started, I started with the Gera Sagro, with art school. And I remember talking to Rav Gedalia on the way because I was ready close to Rav Chaim, not so close like today. And... He told me art school, he told me Rev Chaim, my father, we tried to translate. Rev Chaim never gave permission, never gave permission. And I told him that I want also Rev Chaim to give permission, but I'm begging him. So he told me, after we met, we had right away a good connection. A good connection. He told me, push, push, we'll get it done. And I remember. To get what? What did you want to print to at that point? Uh, permission from Rev Chaim to translate as Sefer Orchos Yoisher that he wrote. It's a Sefer Musr with 30 subjects. To get a permission from Reb Chaim, to get it translated. And I was begging every single day, going, waiting in the car, sleeping in the car, hours and hours. And Reb Chaim says, no, no, no. And I remember going to his son, Rabbi Yitzchak Shol, that he's the one who's with him the whole time, and telling him, we need it. I see the American people. And I used to go to America all the time, and I see in every single house, everybody has the Orchos Yosher. It's a black safer. Everybody right. knows it. But no one opened it. It's, everything is Chazal, and people don't really understand what's written in the Sefer. What was Reb Chaim's opposition to he was, translating he it? Was, he's afraid that when you're going to translate it, it's not going to be enough correct. Not going to be accurate. Or, and it's going to be mistakes, and, and okay. it's not going to be the right way. And if it's, you have to understand, by Reb Chaim, everything is Bishlemus. If there's something not Bishlemus, he's not, he doesn't do it. Mm. So we were trying the whole time, and I remember, I remember, and Reb Gdali, and I remember the first time he said yes, I called Rabbi Gedalia and this was like the biggest day. I, I felt that something is going to change. What changed Rabbi Chaim's mind? I was pushing a lot and, and telling him that the American people want to get chizuk. Every single donation, Rabbi Chaim's name, Rabbi Chaim's support, Rabbi Chaim, Rabbi Chaim, Rabbi Chaim, Rabbi Chaim. But it, besides a huge tzedakah and chesed that everybody uses him, people really want to understand this Torah. People want to, want to hear also the truth. And he wasn't afraid at that point still that it wasn't going to be accurate? Or you... he, he, we got a mumche talmid chachomim and the whole translate, when we worked on it, me and a bunch of group of his grandchildren and talmid chachomim, we used to give, I used to give the papers to his son and every single word was going through mistakes. Reb Chaim, if there was questions, we asked Reb Chaim on the spot to know that we're getting 100% true. And then we had Rabbi Ron Wagner, Rabbi Wagner, that is, he translated all the books from Lakewood, a huge Talmud Chacham, and every single small suffix he used to call me, I used to get an answer, and we did everything. I never sent it with a fax, never sent a question with a delivery guy, everything. First hand. First hand, and that's why we had Siat Adishmaya. That's what we had Siyad At that point, you already had access to Reb Chaim whenever you wanted, or was it still... Not, not... Uh, still, I... I you still, you still I was still working and getting closer and closer. But Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu opened the doors, 
you know. How long did it take you to put out the Orchus Yosher in English? We did it very, very quick. Because in Orchus Yosher, it was Reb Chaim Sefer, so it was just the translate. Uh -huh. And we added 150 stories mm -hmm. on the translation. Because it's unbelievable to see that it's not only Reb Chaim is writing the Musar. In the stories, you see that Reb Chaim is living it. Living it. This is his life. This was the Rebetzin. This is the Chazanish. This is what Rav Yoshi. It's the stipler. This is the way he was growing up, and this is the way he lives. So I should mention, by the way, in all your svarim, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of stories. Yeah. It's not only a perush; it's also all fascinating stories. The new volume on Tillim has amazing new stories about Chaim, about the Chazanish, about the stipler, stories that people never heard before. Yeah, I amazing. remember your Yitzchak Shol told me when we went to print. He said that Tillim is the is 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 the biggest. Now, it's what's interesting, I want to get back to, to what we were talking about, but let's say the Tehillim. This, was a, this is a Pirish that was never printed in Lashon Kaidish. Never printed. So it's a brand new commentary. It's a, yeah, that we that, worked on it. That's being printed the first time in English. In English. It's somewhat of a Chiddush for a God on Eretz Yisrael that his commentary is being yeah. printed in English first. Yeah, and, and, and we got the letters that we were talking about. We got special letters when Reb Chaim is answering for people on questions on Tehillim with, with his own pirush. Mm -hmm. So basically we created a new thing. So when we did the Orchos Yosher, we didn't change the Sefer. That was we a just translation. And the Chumashim, Zmira Shabbos, and also the Tehillim now, it was a whole new work, a group of Talmidei Chachamim, and Baruch Hashem had to be involved and work on the stuff also, that it's, it's recreating a new thing to the world. And now, did it, did it get a little easier? I guess one saw, Reb Chaim saw that Art Scroll published the first volume. Yeah. And it came out as a Vidav the way he wanted. Of course. I imagine it got also a little easier. Also the Rav and also his son, that he's the one who's... Reb Yitzhak Shaul. Reb Yitzhak Shaul and his grandson Yanki and the, the phone calls, the letters that are people thanking. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to understand Reb Chaim's Torahs. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's beautiful and so many people whoever came to the house, just in the house, the Orchos Yosha sold thousands of thousands of copies. You used to see every yeshiva bacher taking it with him. Every person that wants to understand, buying it. And it's, it's just amazing that we, we had the schus to do such a thing. It's, it's a miracle. Now, what year did you put out the Orchos Yosha? Orchos Yosha is, is not that? even three years. So if in three years, you've put out five volumes on Chumash, Zmiris, Archis Yosher, and, and, and Tehillim. The Igaris Hagro you had put out yeah, before, before, before The then. first one was Igaris Hagro. We did Ush, I did Ushpizin myself. Right, right. You put and out Ushpizin also, right. And that was in between. And Baruch Hashem. But that's quite a bit to do in, in three years. By Reb Chaim, I learned one thing. You don't stop for a second. You have to, every single day, when you see Reb Chaim wake up in the morning, he barely sleeps and learning is Choyvis. Is Gemara is davening is uh, you get you get he doesn't wait you can't there's no such a thing waiting for the next day today now it's done <laughs> you can't there's nothing else to do and Baruch Hashem the brachas of the Rav and what I see gives me such chizuk not to stop mm -hmm. just not to stop and push and push and push and get things done there wasn't it wasn't easy you know everything is here now. It, just, it, it didn't come from. Didn't happen by itself. It didn't come from sitting <laughs> on a chair. It, it came from a tremendous mysterious nefesh. Mm -hmm. Hours of hours of hours, nonstop with Rav Gedalia, with the translator, with Rav Chaim's house, and of course a tremendous siyata dishmaya. Now you live in Yerushalayim. Rav Chaim's in Bnei Brak on Rechayv Rashbam. Are you there every day now? Yeah, every day. Every, every day. day. Every day I go. What time, what time do you go in the morning? So it depends when there's basically, I would say, I would say half a year I cannot go Nates every day to Davin. In, in the Letterman Shul? In, no, today we Daven in his house. house. In the last two, three years, he doesn't Davin in Letterman. So I go Nates, special the 40 days from Rosh Chodesh Elul till Yom Kippur, I go every single day. And then during the year, but a lot of times I go in the afternoon or in nighttime, and sometimes I go two times and three times. And when you go into the house, are you just sitting and listening as your Chaim greets people? What are you doing in the so house? So basically, when, when I go to the house, I have a lot of emails, phone calls, people that are calling me, sending me WhatsApps, and they're of questions, questions to present to your Present Chaim? to the Rav. They want answers. 
Also, people send me on, on the Perushim to understand whether the Rav 100% like that they understand the Vort or something like this. But basically, it's first of all, just to see the Rav. You don't have to talk, you don't have to do anything. Just to see the Rav, you get, you, you get, you get a Mamash Achizuk, but every single question, every single, and there's a big Mikhaev that people, because of the Chumoshim and art school and knowing art school, a lot of people are sending questions and people want to want to know and get a drocha and get a zgula and get a what should we do there in their lives so it's all day long it doesn't end doesn't end for a second even while am i sitting in the interview here in america you're getting emails the whole way emails this one with covid this one needs a shit this this one is going out to a doctor they're scared this one is asking for aitza this one is son just left the yeshiva what can he do and it's it's Every single second. But it's, it's, you know, it's amazing that Baruch Hashem, we have who to go to mm-hmm. and who to ask and, and what to get. It's, it's a special thing. And there's a very nice thing that Reb Chaim writes in Orchus Yosher that I think that this is one of the biggest, like, a lot of people are asking questions. And it's a very interesting thing. There's a letter from Reb Chaim four years ago, five years ago, that he's write, somebody's writing him Dear Moran Saratoira, how come when we ask you, people ask the Rav on Shaduchim, he can answer one, learn Masachet Brachas, the second one, give Tzedakah to Yeshiva, the third one, say Tehillim, the fourth one, learn Kiddushin, the fifth one, say, each one is getting a different answer. And, and it's true, because I remember myself, last week I was asking him four questions, the same question, each one gets a different answer. So Reb Chaim writes eight words. Whatever Hashem puts in my mouth, that's what I answer. Where is it coming from? So he writes an Orchus Yosher, it's amazing, in, in Ruach HaKodesh, on the subject of Ruach HaKodesh, Reb Chaim writes, What to say? They just give him Machshava, to say the MS a lot of times we see the it's a gdoilim. You see a lot of time in Gdoilim Israel, ken. One guy they're saying yes. No, don't do it. Here now vaccines. People can ask. To do a vaccine, yes, one yes, one no. All the time. Everything and he says, very interesting. How do we know that the brochos and the eitzos, his miskayim, it's bischus the shoyel? Not all the time it's the tzadik. The person that's asking the question, when I'm coming to Reb Chaim and I'm asking him, and people are asking him, I tell them, you believe 100% that what Reb Chaim is going to say is going to work, and whoever has emuna, so it's it depends who's asking. So it depends who's asking the question. So you can ask the question, and whatever you have in the So there was a guy, one guy, I can tell 5,000 stories, but one story that's coming in, there was a guy that his sister was on the nine month pregnancy. And the baby was upside down. What they called a breached, breached baby. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the they wanted to do C-section. Okay. So they went to Reb Chaim. The doctor says, "What, what should we do?" So he went to Reb Chaim. Arav. So Reb Chaim says, "Vena foichu." He says, "Vena foichu." The guy didn't understand. He says, "Arav, this, this, vena foichu." He goes, he tells, he tells his sister, 
they go and they do an ultrasound and they see Baruch Hashem. It changed so happy. They come after for the next checkup. You know, in the ninth month, you have to do a lot of... And they see that it, it went, went back. back. It went back. They didn't know what to do. The doctor says, I never saw such a shit thing that it went back and then went back again. Goy doctor doesn't know what to do. Nobody knows anything. They, they decide we're doing the C-section tomorrow or two days after. And they go into the... She goes, she, she's ready to the C-section. <laughs> they do a drill just before. And they see that... Baby went back again. It went back. Baruch Hashem, she had a healthy baby and this. But, but this guy, that's what I see it in my eyes. This guy, God the first time, just take it and run. <laughs> you go again and you ask, things can change. Mm. So I'm saying, every single word, every mm. single word is middukduk, is middukduk. You see sometimes, I feel it. You know, I feel that I'm next to the Rav and I see when he, when he talks and when he tells, check your mezuzahs, it's things you don't understand. And, and if you don't live in his house and you don't see it, you can't believe it. Because it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's something be, beyond. You, can't, you, can't, you don't see such a thing. Right. You don't see such a thing that a person that is, is, is all day long learning, 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 and he feels the shlichus, he feels the chesed that he wants to answer people. That's why he answers letters. Right. And you see I want to talk about that for a second, but before I get to the letters, why Tehillim now? Why did you pick Tehillim to put together a parish from so, Reb Chaim? So Reb Chaim, as known as when he was a bocher already, he took Tehillim very, very seriously. When he was a bocher, and on Yomim Noroim, he used to have a Kabbalah. His Kabbalah was... First of all, not to talk. Second of all, to give peruta tzedakah, to give tzedakah. And the first of all, finish Tehillim every day. Until today, Reb Chaim Kanievsky from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur finishes every single day the Tehillim. Mm-hmm. And it's something, I, I was last Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur with the Rav in COVID to see the Rav saying Tehillim in that times. It's like, it's like something's going, he can't do anything and he doesn't stop. And even if you want to stop him, He's saying it, saying it with the Yerotzen before and after. It's something amazing. So when he went to the yeshiva, he said, he used to say. When he went to which yeshiva? It's yeshiva Lomjen, Petach Tikva. Oh. He had the three Kabbalists. You're saying as a youngster. Yeah, he had the three Kabbalists. Not to talk. So he said right. talking, he needed to talk because the Rosh Yeshiva used to come talk to him and learning. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't do tiny Dibur. Like, what is Reb Chaim Kanievsky talking? <laughs> the second one says, Prutas, I didn't have money. Mm-hmm. I didn't get money. I was in Yeshiva. So I didn't do Pruto. The only thing I left, it was with Tehillim. Mm-hmm. And he used to go on the roof of the Yeshiva and the Rosh Yeshiva used to look for, where's Reb Chaim? He's in the roof. What is he doing there? He used to finish the Tehillim every single day. This was Reb Chaim. So Reb Chaim was always very connected to Tehillim. But now, when COVID started, and we asked the Rav, a lot of times Reb Chaim says we have to be mischazeg on Tehillim. It's very, very important. And he used to push and tell me a lot, a lot of times when my son had an optionary. And every single time, say Tehillim, say Tehillim. And now, especially with all the Tzoros that are people going through, he's telling people to grab Tehillim one a day, two a day, three a day, ten a day. Each one gets, again, a different answer. And, 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 for him, Tehillim, I, I believe that, that you see by him, Bechush, that besides the Torah, besides the tremendous chesed, you need special siyata dishmaya. Tehillim, you don't have to wait chas v'sholem to have a refuah or to need it for chas v'sholem bad things. Tehillim can be also right. for, for, for shevach v'odah la'ashem, for ribayna shaloylam, to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I remember two weeks ago, two weeks ago, it was... It was Mamish, uh, yeah, it was Erev Shabbos. So Reb Chaim, after Nates, went to rest. So he told his enical, Reb Gedalia, go get me Tehillim. He was in bed, resting. That's Reb Gedalia Honigsberg. Honigsberg. Reb Gedalia Honigsberg. He's the enical of Reb Steinman, right? He was with Reb Steinman the whole time, and he was with Reb Chaim, and he's a moister nefesh. So he told the Rav. The Rav told him, Tehillim. So he says, You don't want to rest? says, no, get me Tehillim. So he thought he's going to say his Tehillim that he says every day in order to finish it like he does. So he gives him the Tehillim and he says, Reb Chaim, starting to say the Yerotzen. Reb Chaim in bed, middle of the day, like, 
Reb Chaim finishes Tehillim 15 times a year. Mm-hmm. He says there's a Zoyar to finish 15 times, the 10 days of the Sesame Tshuva, and the whole year he has five times from the middle of Chodeshav. He does 10 a day, 10 capitals, so he finishes 15 times. But now saying Yerotzon, and Reb Chaim was saying the whole Sefer Tehillim, word by word. And Reb Chaim is not saying Tehillim, Reb Chaim is saying Tehillim. Mm-hmm. He goes, he, what, he's, what, when he, what he can see, with his eyes, 93 years old, nobody can see. Like a person who saw only Torah and Gedusha. So, so in the middle, he told them, after COVID-19. So at least he told him, Saba, be mechaven when you're saying this to him. So Reb Chaim told him, that's what I'm doing. I'm davening for this. I'm saying that the whole telling for this. For the, the magaif of COVID-19. So if Reb Chaim is finishing in this year 16 times to him, I think every single person of us has to take, ha- I'm not saying finish to him, but if we're not saying, start saying. One parak a day, two parak, two prokim a day, ten a day, whatever a person is saying regular till today, every single person can take up on himself. And Baruch Hashem, with the article Tehillim, we have Pirushim. There's so, so this, much. This Pirush came from where? How did you compile it? Was so it? we got it from the letters, from Rabbi Yitzchak Shaul, stories from grandchildren. We combined everything together to have the best things. But today people can understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's a different world. It's, it's mamish a different world. And if we're going to take it and understand what we're saying and live the life of David Amelech, that well, his life wasn't easy. He had tsar, he had simcha, but he was always. No matter what, we thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu, We pray for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and when we take this thing on ourselves, it's 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 a tremendous chizuk. This this can be a real changer. COVID nineteen is not going to end because vaccines, because all these things. It's going to end bezat Hashem. We hope so, but it's going to end. We'll understand. That ain't on Milvada. So I want to tell you my favorite story in this Sefer, and there are many stories, and I love good stories. There's one story there about a child, and you could finish the story, I'll start it. A child wrote a letter to Reb Chaim, and he wanted to know why the Pasuk says, Oilois Hen, with an endanun. Why doesn't it say Oilois Hem? Remember the story? And I think it was Rabbi Yitzhak Shal who saw Reb Chaim was hesitating in responding, he was tapping his pen against the paper, almost like he was thinking, what should I answer? So Rabbi Yitzhak Shal asked, Reb Chaim, why don't you just answer him what the answer is? That it's a diktuk issue. So Reb Chaim said, because the person, the child who wrote it, it was a yasum. If I write back to the child that the word is used because of a diktuk matter, the child's not going to understand it. It's kind of like beyond his pay grade. He's not going to understand. The child, diktuk. I have to think of an answer that the child's going to understand. And that's why he was sitting there, even though he had an answer, but he wanted to answer the letter in a way that the child's going to appreciate. So you write so beautifully how Reb Chaim came up with a simple answer that a child could understand, that it's talking about by the Paris in Parshas Miketz, that Paroi was the one who was describing the Chaloim, and Paroi didn't know Lashon Kaidish so well. So that's why he said it one way, not the other. But I was nispal from the sensitivity and the thought that Reb Chaim, here he is, he's answering thousands of letters, but he was, so to speak, struggling or trying to find the right answer so that a child could appreciate the answer, not just the answer, you know, to be Yitzah. To me, that story makes this whole Sefer worth it. But the Sefer is chock full of story after story, Verloch. I'm telling you, you've produced, an, this is a masterpiece. They're all masterpieces. This is something absolutely special. And, I, and whoever buys it and reads it and learns it is going to see it. It's really incredible. But tell us more. You're sitting there by Reb Chaim. I'm sure you get asked all the time. Tell us some interesting of this stories, things that you see from Reb Chaim that maybe people aren't zeichet to know. So I'm going to start with the last thing before I came here now to America. I remember going to Reb Chaim in the afternoon and I was there with the Rav. And it's very interesting when Reb Chaim is laying down, nobody sees him eventually. Um, like every 10 minutes he wants to wash his hands. 
So there's a special like spritz bottle that he washes hands. And a lot of times Reb Chaim says, I just finished Megillah. I just finished Sanhedrin. Like every 10 minutes, 20 minutes, something special. But I remember... So he's washing his hands in... All the time. In honor of... Because I don't know what he's learning when he's sleeping. <laughs> but he's like... He wants to be B'Gdusha B'Tahara the whole time. But I remember... And it was... I remember myself... I was crying. Reb Chaim is pointing. I was in the room with Reb Chaim. He was calling his son, Reb Yitzchak Shaul. And he was pointing a few times in his bedroom. For the Zechel HaKurban. And he tells... Zechel HaKurban. And it was dark. The room was dark. Reb Chaim saying, Zechel Achurban, Mashiach. A few times, Zechel Achurban, Mashiach. I started to cry. What did, what did he mean? What did Reb Chaim mean? I don't know. <laughs> but, we, but you got emotional. Then we need, then, then we need Mashiach. <laughs> the Klal Yisrael needs Mashiach. And he was looking at it. and uh, You can't see it, barely. With his eyes, he's in bed. And he's pointing and he's telling me. A few times. But look how Reb Chaim sitting the whole day. Learning, and when he's not learning, he's answering letters. He's, he's the, learning. He's learning the also. 24-7. But the, the number of tsaras of Klai Yisrael that come to him, it's you know, who hears more tsaras than Reb Chaim? Nobody. 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 Nobody in the world. But Baruch Hashem, I, I have the schus that a lot of people, I tell them on the phone when they call me and they need a Yeshua, please don't forget to call me. And as I'm coming here, a woman, you mean to call back when the Yeshua... Call me and tell me. I want to tell the raw of the story. I want to make him happy. And Baruch Hashem in the and last... you do that? The whole time. The whole time. There was now a family that the Rav told them the wife and the daughter weren't feeling well. Doctors were very nervous. Getting phone calls. Whatsapps. My phone is... I went to the Rav. Learned brachas. The family didn't learn brachas. They made a seum of a Masechet Brochas every single day. They took the emuna of Reb Chaim when the tzaddik says something and they took it. They made 33 seumen. And on the 33rd seum, the doctor says, you can go home already. So I remember telling to Reb Chaim and he hopped around a big annoy. They asked him to do so this mitzvah, to mm-hmm. do this, to do there. But I'm saying, it's, 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 I think it's important. I think, you know, people think Reb Chaim... He, when he hears the tsar, but when you come also and tell him the the, the surah toivo, I'm sure it gives him a big annoyance. And I see it gives sure. him. I see the smile. Right. A lot of people see my pictures every day. Why does he smile? I tell them. I just told him a good a, a, a good besura. Mm. This lady, they told her she's never going to have children. And after 12 years, she had a she had a boy. Reb Chaim's happy. He's in the end of the day. Reb Chaim's a person. Right. Uh, with with all the, and I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that Baruch Hashem, we have who, somebody to ask and we have answers. And we're a, we're a, a blow to get the, 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 the people that are so far and people that can't come to Eretz Yisrael now. Everything's locked. Sure, sure. And we have, and it's a shlichus. And it's mamish, mamish, mamish chesed. Hashem gave me a chesed that I'm able to help people. And this is the most, it makes me very happy. It makes me happy that I'm able to help people. How does your wife feel that you're away much of the time, you're in Bnei Brak? How, is the, how do you balance being in Reb Chaim's house, taking care so, of your mishpacha? So it's not easy. My wife is a tzaddikis, that she, with all what she's doing, growing up and, and allowing me to go, special the days of, the 40 days of Elul and Yom, Yom Kippur, is not easy, not to be Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, it's not easy, but the shlichus and the achrayus is, is she understands and she, she's the one who's pushing me to do it. Mm-hmm. When, and it's not easy. Like I told you, it didn't, it didn't come from sitting in the couch. And Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, her parents are amazing. I live next to them and it's a blessing and they help us a lot. So Baruch Hashem, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real, real true bless that we're able to do such a thing and... I couldn't believe when I pick up Gedalia from the airport that after two and a half, three years, we're going to sit here and have all this. You, I, I, I wouldn't dream in a better thing in my life. And these farms you could buy in Reb Chaim's house also, right? So not all, not all not of all them. them. Especially now in COVID, it's hard. People can't come. Uh-huh. And it's mostly American people. So all the store has it. All the stores can. You can it. buy it online. Sure, sure. And 
Everybody who wants gets them. I get a lot of phone calls, people to buy, I send them the article link, or if these people do, don't have like, so I try to get it to them right. and bring it to them because I believe that every single, if, if one Jew has a chizuvim to tell him, I'm the happiest person. Sure. I'm the happiest person. And Baruch Hashem, I'm telling you today, I think a few hundreds, just my, my, myself, orders for Mishloachim, for Sholachmonas, for, for people that want to give it to their grandchildren, for people that want to give it in their offices. People are so excited. Tehillim, Reb Chaim, it's, it's something that doesn't come out. You know, I don't think there's a lot of Sforim from art school with a pirush on Tehillim. Chomoshim, there's a lot of Sforim. And, and, uh, and I think also the Shabbos tables, Mirror Shabbos, I'm getting so many Beautiful. phone calls. People are, are they, they're, they're, not, they're asking why you're not doing it in Hebrew. They want to donate, do it in Hebrew, do it in Hebrew. I don't know. Maybe. Do you have plans to do them in Hebrew? No, I don't have plans. Not right now. If I'll do it, I'm doing it with an article. Uh-huh. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Cool. But I don't have plans now. Well, what's the most interesting question or difficult Shaila that came to you that you had to present to the Rav that you could think of? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but... The most difficult... Or something interesting, something out of the box. There's so many questions. It's, it's like... What's an example of something that, uh, that recently came to your plate? Someone emailed you and you had to present to Reb Chaim. A difficult Shaila. I'm trying everything by me is so... Di- I, by the way, every single Shaila in question, I take it like it's the... It's, 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 it's a oil male. Uh-huh. I think that every single person, we can never judge the tsar or know right. what person, but I think for right. every single person... Is a different. I remember now there was a there was a girl that um, she, they wanted to start shaduchim with her, and she got a, a shot one day four years ago, and she couldn't move her hands. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do a surgery, and they asked the rov to do a surgery, to do the surgery, not to do the surgery. The doctor says, not only that the surgery might not work. Could be that it's going to make be, it worse. be worse. And she can't move her hand. She's starting Shiduchim. It was a very, very a big, big achrayas. Now, you know, when you come and ask the Rav, you never know what he's going to answer. Never, never, never. So I went to the Rav and I told him the, the Shaila. And this is, like, this is like a girl that this surgery can. Life or death. Exactly. So Reb Chaim says to do the surgery. After the doctor says no. And they did it. It was like a first surgery of trying this. And Baruch Hashem, I remember myself, it was Erev Shabbos, the surgery. Thursday, that Thursday, I get a phone call 11 o'clock at night and they call me that she's, she can move her hand. Not only did Baruch Hashem, nothing happened, but it worked. And I was crying. I, don't, I, I would never forget it. I didn't wait. I went straight to Reb Chaim. And I told the Rav, and I said, Sadi what a nace. And they wanted all of the doctors to tell them that it's a nace, to be mefarsen, the nace. Right. So I asked the Rav. So the Rav was laughing, I remember. And the Rav said, Al birkas That's what he told me, but he was so, so, so happy. He's talking about himself. Himself. <laughs> and I told him, Sadi But this is a different. There's, there's a lot, a lot of... Listen, when, when, when a father calls me that his son, 16 years old, left yeshiva, this is a hard question. And they ask him what they should do. What they should do that they should be zoiche. This is also hard. This is, you know, you feel the pain of, of, of people. I, I got a phone call today. A mother calls me. She's a almana. Crying, crying, crying. I'm like, whatever. Says, my son's 23 doesn't have one date. One date. He's in Shiduchim. His friends are getting married. One date. And she's crying and she's asking the Rav what to do, what to do. She'll do anything the Rav says. Anything. It's hard. It's, it's, it's you know, it's every single question, every single Eitzah, every single Bracha. People, you know, it's, it's each one has his Nisoyan eventually and each one has his, his so how many, how many of the questions that you get, how many do you get to present to Reb Chaim on a daily basis? 
So it depends. Basically, so now when I'm here, I send it to somebody that I trust and he records it or I'm on the phone with the person. But when I'm in Eretz Yisrael, at least uh, if it's questions, I would say around 20. But with what, what time of day do you go to the Rav to present to So account? it depends. Or at night, mm-hmm. or after nights, mm-hmm. or in the afternoon. It's, uh, you work around his Dharam because he has Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to work right. around the but, mm-hmm. I, but there's, sometimes I can be there six hours and wait and get the Shilas, mm-hmm. prepare the Shilas, fix it. A lot of times it's brachas only, not only just a person wants a bracha. Now there's a lot of brachas. So you write down the answers? To each uh, island, and you go back to yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I send it by email. Or you send by email. Or I send it by email. And Rebchaim answers on the spot each time? On the spot. Every, every show. On the spot. Do you ever have to, Rebchaim ever tells you he wants to think about it and you have to go back there? There's no such a thing. All the there's way. no such a thing by Rebchaim. Think, there's no such a thing. He gives the answer on the spot. And do you ever follow up with a question, or is it Rebchaim says and that's it? No, Rebchaim says. And sometimes if, if there'll be something. Can ask, but basically he gives an ass. It's it's right away, and what he gives, it's finished. It's done. You can't you can't try. A lot right. of people come to Reb Chaim, they try <laughs> to change his mind. Right. It doesn't work. Right. And Reb Chaim understands, a hundred percent clear, who is coming to ask him, like this. <laughs> trying like, to manipulate exactly, and who's coming? This, uh-huh. yeah. Every single person will tell you this is, this is the way Reb Chaim operates. Yeah, it's clear, hundred percent. Incredible. Now, as far as your Projects, you've done a lot. You mentioned before there are probably has thousands of letters. Thousands. Are you planning to publish them? We're working on it right now. We're publishing it in Hebrew on the Chumash. There's, we just the first chelik of Chuvis on the Torah. It's one book for three parshas. Bereishis Just one sefer. One sefer. Thousands of thousands of questions on every single Rashi, every single thing Reb Chaim was asked by. And so those are questions people pose to Reb Chaim, that Reb Chaim answered? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And we take the letters. We have the letters are, doesn't end. And Baruch Hashem. And we're working now also on a big sefer on Shemitah in Hebrew with mm-hmm. Perushim and understanding Reb Chaim that people should understand for the Shnata Shemitah that's coming and everybody's waiting for this. Last Shemitah, Reb Reb Chaim is the more the Shemites and Shemitah, so everybody right. buys his Sefer Derech Emuna. And this coming year is It's Shemitah very, year, very so. big. It's going to be selling thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of copies. And Baruch Hashem, we're not stopping. I tell Reb Gedal Zlatovitz the whole time. He told me, actually, we're just warming up. That's what he tells me all the it's time. It's just warming <laughs> up. And I call him and There's I tell so much him, more to do. Gedalia, we're starting it. And, you know, I get emails and I, I show them the emails. People are... You know, sending emails, what's the next project? What can we dedicate it? And you know, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, for no, so, for more things. so much people want to be involved. And Reb Chaim told me, this is a very interesting thing. When I went and we got the Oruch Yosher, the first dedicator, and then we wanted to do Chumashim, it wasn't so easy in the beginning. I couldn't find it. So I asked Reb Chaim, Rebbe, what's going to be? It's going to print. We need a dedicator. He says, he says it will be okay. Alti dago, Amali. So then he told me, I remember, I would never forget it in my life. Reb Chaim told me, Tzarich Zchus. You need a Zchus. You need a Zchus. And when I went to America to look for the, I went to the Reb Chaim and said, I'm going, give me a bracha. I give me an Eitzah. He says, don't push. I'll, lo So Baruch Hashem, all this for him, I don't push. Hashem sends the donors, the dedicators, and it's amazing. And when we did Bamidbar, I was by Rav Chaim, and I would never forget it, that I asked the Rav, there's a big halacha, that siftois of doivevois bekever, when a person is learning somebody's chidush Torah, his mouth on the kever is moving. moving. Right. I asked the Rebbe, what happens with the dedicators? A person that gave the money for machzik Torah, to do the book. Does he have the schar of siftois of doivevois bekever? Right. So Rav Chaim looked at me and says, yes. Really? Even the pre- people that are donating it are Zoichef of So every single article book, every single dedicator, they have a sus. What a sus. Maybe today we don't see it sometimes, but this is a, 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 a big thing. And it's interesting that Rabbi Tzachok told me that the Chofetz Chaim, 
in the Agdomo for Torah's Koyanim and Vayikra, writes there in the Agdomo, the Atoyrem Shetorah Metase, the guy who dedicated the Sefer, Vadai Sivtos of Doivavis Bekever now. So it's Mamish Chofetz Chaim Mefoyrosh. So if Chofetz Chaim, that he's the Mishnebru, he's the Paskin, and Reb Chaim is saying, so, so it's, a big, it's, a, it's a big tremendous chus. Whoever dedicates, yeah, yeah. Whoever dedicates for him. I want to just ask one other question. I was reminiscing as you were talking. I was thinking in my mind. I remember about twenty years ago when I was learning Yerushalayim. I had a shaila, and I wrote a letter to Reb Chaim, and I got an answer. I remember I was so excited. I got an answer written. I don't know if he wrote it or maybe maybe Rabbi Yitzchok Shal or someone else wrote it. Do people still get written answers from Reb Chaim nowadays? Not so it, much. Not, not as much. Probably the volume is, is uh, off the charts. Yeah. But uh, Rip Shai, what you're doing is amazing, both in serving as a shliach on behalf of people who want to send Rip Chaim their shaylas, need chizik. You've become a one-man chizik machine. You give people chizik, you give people strength, you're helping them clarify, you're helping them navigate both personal questions, Aruchni's questions, Gashmi's questions, and you're enriching Klaal with your beautiful Svarim, together with the wonderful staff here at Art School. Thank you for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you for much. sharing some of the insights into base. Hagoin Reb Chaim, you should be zeichet to many Amen. more years of Harbatza Satayra and being mechazik. With the Moran Satayra. Yes, with him. Adbias Hagoyel, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so you. much.